Welcome, everybody. You are listening to Two Massage Therapists and a Microphone. My name is Amanda, registered massage therapist here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. And once again, we are hanging out today with a friend from south of the border. So I'm talking to Vicki Stewart-Winston, who is a licensed massage therapist, and she's the department director for Spa Visage in Knoxville, Tennessee. And uh, it's really cool that this keeps happening where we have people from all over North America connecting with us, just saying that they like the podcast and they want to be a part of it. So Vicky wanted to come on and talk about her experiences as a licensed massage therapist and working in spas. And uh, she sent me a list of some interesting topics. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I didn't even want to just choose one. I just thought they were they were all pretty fun to talk about. So we have no real agenda for today. We're just going to chat about Vicky and about uh, working in spas. Because I think even on this podcast, um, spas get quite a bad reputation for being mm. somewhat, for lack of a better term, less than working in a clinic. You know, maybe maybe not as technical, and uh, Vicky has a different perspective. So thank you for talking to me via Facebook Live today, Vicky. Thank you for having me, Amanda. It's a pleasure to be here. And I think the first thing I want to say is just, yes, be proud if you're a spa therapist. There's a lot to be proud of. There are lots of ways to uh, enhance your career and to make an impact on the industry and to just, you know, look the haters in the face and say, you know, I, I have something to offer. We have something to offer. So, so thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And I can't wait to get to some of the meat of the topics I wrote down. All right. Well, before we do that, let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, maybe tell everybody how long you've been in massage, if this was a first career, second career, and, uh, you know, just a little backstory about you. Sure. This is my third career, actually. Uh, I, I've, I'm 51 and I've been practicing since 2001, so almost 20 years. 18 in April, I believe. And it, it was a career that I think like most of us as massage therapists, if we have any inclination that we're supposed to do this, we know it really early on. Uh, for me, I resisted it for a very long time. And, and um, I've been in restaurant management and I've been in A&D counseling and I've been in uh, corporate training and human resources. And all along the way, you know, I'd put my hands on friends and family and and they say, oh, you have a real skill and, you know, and all of that that happens when we, we have an aptitude for this industry. And finally, I had a coworker that said, you know, you can do this for a living. <laughs> she was right. I, I, I think when I interviewed with the person I, I called Core Institute, which is, is uh, no longer here in Knoxville, but when I called to interview, I bawled, started crying because I, I finally felt like I had given in, you know, and surrendered to it. And it was it was it was a magical day that I, when I signed up for massage school and, you know, moving through school, though I don't remember a whole lot of it because it was so fast and I wor was working full time and had just gotten married and it was, you know, it was a crazy thing. In the early 2000s, massage was still kind of new and if you did it, uh, you, you had one or two places to choose from to work and, you know, how are you ever going to make money and what are people going to think and all of that stuff. So it was a challenge. To, to get through school, but I did it and, and kind of bookended my career uh, beginning in a spa and now I'm close to retirement and I'm, I'm back in a spa. So 
Wow, full circle. Do you think that's why you resisted going into massage so much because you felt like there wasn't a lot of career opportunity or what are people going to think or like why the resistance if it was something you liked doing anyway? Yeah, I think because um, I, I, I didn't know how to take care of myself, you know, and it seemed like if if I were giving someone a massage, I would go over an hour and I would just exhaust myself and I didn't have a table and, you know, I, I didn't, I, I didn't know what I was doing when I, I need I friends like educated, you, obviously. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't That's know many people. Are, yeah. I've got to be accepted part of my history, but oh. um, yeah, it, it was a challenge physically and emotionally. And I, and I, I didn't know if I would be able to do it. You know, I thought I'm good. I can't work that hard. I can't exhaust myself like that. Um, or I didn't know if I could. I didn't know if I had the stamina to do it. And uh, a coworker of mine, I hope she's listening. Um, when I was at at the the clothing company that I worked for in human resources, she said, you know, you can learn ways to reserve your energy, and they can train you how to do it right. And that was the first time I'd even considered it. You know, wow, I could be trained. And I could, <laughs> could protect my body and I could do it the correct way. So you just um, remind me of like all of my clients, actually. I feel like that's <laughs> almost everybody who has been seeing me for a long time says, don't you get tired? Don't you get exhausted? Yeah. Like, you know, if I give my, my boyfriend or girlfriend or whoever a massage for even five mm-hmm. minutes, my hands are killing me. And I said, well, <laughs> that's the difference between everybody else and massage therapists. We know exactly. how to do being trained. We know is, how to do this properly. Exactly. And we um, condition ourselves. Yeah, we do. Yeah, for sure. So you get into your third career as a massage therapist. And where do you right. go first? Do you go straight into spas or have you done a number of different things and decided the spa was where you wanted to be? I did I did go straight into the spa actually. Um I think just after I got my license, I I tried my hand at at outcalls, you know, uh, because that that was the quickest way to you know, $60, $70 cash. And I got pregnant probably maybe two weeks after I got licensed. <laughs> so okay. it started, it, it got very difficult. It was very difficult to do outcalls at that time. And I had w- one of my earliest mentors, um, her name is Beth, and she uh, she was a massage therapist and I would go, she, there's, the spa was very close to where I worked and I would go get chair massage and she would help with headaches and, you know, neck pain, all that kind of stuff. She worked at this smaller spa in town and I, I knew that there was an opportunity there. And so I just decided to go try and I basically hired me on the spot. So I guess I was pretty good at what I was doing. And um, so that was the first three years of my career was in a spa. Okay. And fast forward, you are now the director of a spa in Knoxville. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How did that come about? And, you know, before we get into the meat of all this, because based on this list that you sent, you have a lot of opinions on how to be successful in this industry. You have, I, I don't know if you do this as, you know, as a part of your business. I don't know if you train other therapists, but mm-hmm. how did how did you get to be the director of a huge spa in Tennessee? Um, well, let's see. I was teaching. I decided to go back to college and I, I needed to have uh, security financially. And, and I knew that given my skill level at this point, I guess I had been practicing about 14, 15 years. When I decided to go back to college, I went back for a health science degree. You know, I needed a schedule and I needed clients and I needed a regular paycheck. And um, it just so happened that one of the larger spas in town had 
just that opportunity for me. And I, and I really appreciate them um, bringing me in to kind of not necessarily take over the department, but to kind of help stabilize the department had gone through some, some staffing changes that year. And so I went in to stabilize the department and for about three years, I, I struggled with uh, coworkers and motivation and, and have be, having been an educator, you know, they, they kind of brought me in and said, here, we would like for you to, in addition to working on clients, we would like for you to help train our staff. And I'm an educator, I'm not a CE provider. And that, that kind of when you ask therapists to come in on their time off without pay and without any kind of remuneration, there's some resentment that builds. And so it was a struggle, you know, for me to actually provide the education that I wanted to provide and to, to motivate a staff that, that was tired, they were worked very hard, and, and then they, they just didn't really want to accept what I, what I wanted to offer. So um, that, that was a struggle. And so fast forward to today, um, the spa that I work for has since changed ownership. The last year or so, we've really worked on building a staff that um, is open to mentorship and um, has, you know, has motivation to, to, to learn and to grow and not necessarily in favor of or, or uh, not necessarily insisting on having the CEs provided and those kinds of things. Um, some of them I educated in when I, when I worked in massage school. Some of them are part of the classes that I taught there. And so they're already familiar with me and my style and they know how motivated I am and they know how dedicated I am to the industry. And so they wanted to come on board. The The change in ownership just means that, you know, we have a fresh set of eyes and a fresh set of hearts to kind of put into the practice and the business. And, you know, they're, they're open in ways that maybe a spa owner you know, who's been doing it forever might not be open to massage department. So I can take some of these new ideas and kind of implant them into this new department and grow in a, in a, in a different direction. Um, I call our new owner, uh, the Richard Branson of spa <laughs> because he's just, he's really innovative and, and he's excited about what's next for the industry. He's, he's relatively new to the industry. Um, he's, he's purchased two spas in town or they have purchased two spas in town. Um, so things are really changing rapidly here. So um, I, I hope that answers your question. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a few things you said stuck out to me because, as I said, when when you said you wanted to come on the podcast, I thought it would be interesting to talk to. We, we've had another um, spa therapist on before. I think we've actually had a couple, mostly from the States. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I don't know how it is there, but I know that a lot of therapists, especially here in Ontario, um, sort of look at a spa as as I said, like a step down from what they do because, right. you know, you're providing mostly relaxation and, you know, it's working for other people. So I've always imagined the spa environment to be one where there is high turnover, where you don't have mm -hmm. these therapists that are dedicated to the vision and who want to grow with you and who, like you said, who would want to come in and take mentorship without getting anything for it. You know, I'm not getting paid. I'm not right. getting credits. Like, why am I here? So right. it's interesting that, I understand why you struggled, but it's interesting that you've been able to build a really strong, solid team of therapists who yeah. have the same vision as you. And it it made me go back to your list of topics of it's okay to make other people money. Yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that <laughs> yeah. for a minute because I think massage therapists, a lot of them at least, go into this career because it's, oh, I get to work for myself and make my own hours and this and this. And they think, you know, it's the complete opposite of working for a company. Why? Right. What? 
What do you mean by it's okay to make other people money? I mean, it's okay to have stability. It's absolutely okay to not have to worry about marketing your practice 24-7 because when you own your own practice, that's what you do. And and people, uh, you know, folks that are out there that work in clinics and, and um, that are, you know, even if they're, they're working for themselves or a chiropractor or a physical therapy office, whatever it is that's not spa, you know, they they have a certain degree of responsibility for generating revenue for whoever it is, whether it's themselves or whoever's paying the, the light bill, you know, you have to generate revenue and there's nothing wrong with being a revenue producer for, for whoever company you work for. For a spa, you know, and this, this is kind of a, a, a double conversation here because I, I want to speak to therapists, but I also want to speak to owners who are employing massage therapists. You know, you have to compensate fairly and you have to, uh, you have to work your therapist in a smart way. And you also have to genuinely appreciate the fact that massage is a huge revenue generator. If you don't and take it for granted, it's going to go away. We've seen that time and time again. That's where the turnover comes in. Is that yeah. if you just continue to, you know, the, the spa owner relies on the massage therapist to, to generate brand loyalty as opposed to generating brand loyalty and then, you know, allowing the massage therapist to kind of perpetuate that relationship with the community. Um, it, it's, it's, it's really important for the spa owner to get that balance down. And, and that's where the resentment comes in, I think, and, and that turnover comes in and, and the exhaustion comes in for massage therapists. Because, yeah. You know, we're, we're expensive to employ. We take up a lot of room, as my friend Charles Wiltsey will say. You know, we don't like to sell products. We don't like to pre-book, you know. So there are things that we, we need to do to help generate that revenue. And so recruiting is key, though, I think. Yeah, I think recruiting is probably the key. I agree with you. And, you know, recruiting people that who, who share a similar vision as, as you do, you know, not just bringing anybody on with the letters behind their name. Um, Two things you said, I completely agree with. I think that um, a big complaint that a lot of therapists have about working in spas is um, the money. It's, you know, you can make great money working in a spa, but the actual pay sometimes isn't where they expected it to be. A lot of them rely on tips. Um, And it's the spa owners who I think maybe sometimes forget how physically demanding our job can be and, you know, maybe work their therapist a little too hard and, you know, the therapist doesn't feel appreciated. And when, once somebody doesn't feel appreciated, they're out. Like, that's it. You've, you've lost them completely if they don't feel like you value them. And, you know, I think it's ironic that um, companies like Massage Envy, who have a, a, a bad, bad rap for pay rate, um, I, I think they've done a great job of changing the way massage therapists look at work. Uh, you know, used to 10 years ago or 20 years ago, you sat on the clock for you know, 40 hours a week, whether you were busy or not. Uh, companies, the franchises like Massage Envy have really made it normalized that a massage therapist gets to dictate their schedule. And they, they, they have a lot mm-hmm. of freedom in terms of, I want to work Mondays. I don't want to work Mondays. I don't like to do more than four a day. I want to do five a day, you know. So they have a lot of um, input into how they work and when they work. And I think that's that's a plus for the industry. I You know, I, I, I think the pay can, can be bumped up a bit for the franchises, but you know, I don't know what their overhead is. So I can't make that determination. And most yeah. of the therapists that I've talked to from Ascension B are, are actually, they're kind of happy with what they're doing there. So, so I don't know, you know, 
who's complaining? But you know what? And that's the funny thing is we did we did an episode about this, and it seems that it's the therapists who actually have never worked for any of these types of chains yes. that are the ones that have an issue with it. The ones that have it, exactly actually say that they were treated pretty well. They did have control of their mm-hmm. schedule. Um, we had someone on who had some complaints, but it wasn't even about the way um, the the franchise was run. It was more who was running it. So, you know, again, change right. in ownership meant change in the way the company was functioning. But overall, I think people who work for these chains are happy to have their schedule filled with little to no effort on their part in terms of marketing or rebooking. They do that for you. And when you look at the pay, well, I mean, let's take me for example. I'm completely self-employed and have been for a long time. So I have an overhead. I pay for my space. I pay for my linens, for the lotions. I pay for, you know, I do cupping. So I pay for my cups. Like I, I pay for everything. When I look at mm-hmm. the amount that I take home per client after I've paid all of my expenses, am I really making that much more than the therapist at Massage Envy who has mm-hmm. zero I would overhead? argue no. Right. And that, that's yeah. why, you know, I don't, I don't have such a huge problem with the chains, um, nor do I have a problem with spas. Um, I guess my own bias, I've only worked in one spa, so I don't have a lot of comparison. And when I worked in that spa, I did find that um, it is a little more uh, dictated by the client, which is okay, because Mm -hmm. I think in any situation, even in a doctor-patient relationship, it should be the patient who's sort of dictating their own treatment. But what I mean by that Mm -hmm. is that you were sort of... um, push towards making sure that it was relaxation focused and you didn't really get Mm. a lot of freedom in terms of your treatment style. However, that was one spa that I worked in, but I think a lot of spas get that, um, get that reputation of, you know, you kind of just go in and do your, your routine and you don't get a lot of repeat clients. And so there's going to be therapists who that, you know, that's not for them, but there's a lot of therapists that that is for them. You know, they like doing more relaxation treatments and they're okay with having different clientele every day versus having, you know, a lot of repeats. But again, I'm going right. based off of one spa experience. I don't sure. know if that's what sure. it's like at all. <laughs> well, I, I think, I think to a certain degree, that is uh, what it's like, especially if you have a destination spa, you know, a place where people travel and they, they go to the spa and they get the massage. And, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot of repeat business or clientele unless it's on a yearly basis. Um, for a local day spa, however, you're going you're gonna to have repeat clientele. If you're one of the only, you know, 10 spots in town, I live in a, a big, small town, you know, and there are, when, when I started, there were only two of us, two spas. Uh, now we've probably got 20, I guess. Um, and still that's, that's a limited number of tables on any given day, you right. know, um, yeah. as far as massage is concerned. So you're going to have the repeat clientele and you're going to go after that local business. You're going to, to, to market to that local business. And that's up to the spa ownership to, to make sure that that happens. Um, and it's up to the local massage therapist to understand what the local market wants. Uh, you know, what, what, what is our, what is our demographic? You know, what is it, what zip code am I in? And, and, uh, you know, who lives in the zip code? Who is most likely to come and visit me as a massage therapist? And and how can I cater to those needs? And I think for the spa that I work in and, and have worked in the past, we have a sense of, of uh, individuality. We can kind of bring our own style into the massage. I do think it's important, however, for a massage therapist who wants to work in a spa, who is working into a spa, um, to commit to 
a brand and commit to a branding style. And I'll just use this as my my uh, staff meeting right now because I can never get my folks together. So everybody, listen up. <laughs> you know, commit to the brand and and you know whatever it is that is the vision of your director or your spa owner or whoever it is that's making making the decisions about how the brand wants to be projected into the community. You know, you find out what are the things that are important. And for us, you know, I, I've incorporated a skin brush and I think every massage should have a skin brush incorporated in some, in some way. And that's kind of as important as a logo. So that's, you know, when you come to spa massage, you get this done and it may be at the first year massage, it may be the last year massage and it may be in between, but you're going to experience this particular item. Okay. And I also think it's, it's really important to commit to the menu. You know, therapists have to commit to the menu that is presented by the spa owners. You have to be able to uh, ex- exceptionally provide the services that the spa owners and directors have decided are the best sell. If there's an idea that comes about, or if you have an inspiration about treatment, you know, you want to incorporate a bamboo stick or another type of stone or a different kind of smell or whatever it is, fully vet that inspiration into a fully formed idea and then present it and, and, and not necessarily hijack your treatment. Well, that um, I would totally agree with. I mean, um, myself and Mark, as uh, some of people may know, the other thing we do, um, other than two massage therapists and a microphone, is we have a continuing education company here in Toronto. And one of the courses we teach, one of our um, big sellers, is a marketing and branding course. And mm-hmm. regardless if you're working in a spa or a clinic or you're self-employed, you need to know what your brand is and you need to be that brand because your clientele have an expectation based on your mm-hmm. brand and your, you know, the brand experience that they think they're coming into. So, yeah, if you've got a menu at at the spa that you're at or a specific style that that's what that spa does and you've chosen to work there, then I, I agree with you. You better commit to that because otherwise people are not getting their expectations met and that's just right. bad for business. It is. Yeah. All, all the way around. I, I can, I compare it to um, a, a beautiful crystal chandelier, you know, to make the most impact you have to have a uniform, even if they're not the same size, you have to have a uniform pattern to make the most visual impact if you have a chandelier. You know, and I think that's important when you have a, a, a team of therapists to have the most impact in a community. You have to have a vision and a message that's consistent and cohesive. And, I, I, and, and we work better that way. We really do. We have more to talk about when we, when we have these things in common about our sessions. You know, it's, we're, all not, we're all not just doing our own thing. And we can talk about the influence that we have on each session that may be different from maybe the last session that we did, knowing that we are providing a consistent service that is high quality and it's, it's true to the vision and the brand that we represent. I see this being like exceptionally important in spas, uh, just based on what you were saying. When I worked in mm-hmm. a clinic um, with myself and six other therapists um, a couple of years ago, and what was so awesome about that clinic is all seven of us were so different. We all had our very unique styles and we had bios mm-hmm. on our website. And so people kind of understood, you know, when they were coming to see me, this is the type of therapy they were getting versus, 
you know, some of the other therapists in a spa, because again, if we look at some of the truths we know about a spa, that Mm -hmm. a lot of times people going there, they're not going there for necessarily treatment of an injury. Like spas are still viewed as more, you know, the, the luxury, like relaxation type of service. So I think Mm -hmm. it's definitely more beneficial in a spa to have a bunch of therapists who are sort of really all similar in their styles, because if someone comes there, they're expecting a certain thing. Whereas, as I said, this clinic I worked at, we were all so different. You could come and see any any of us on any given day and you would get a completely different treatment. But that really worked for the clinic environment I was in. Right. I, and I'm, I'm grateful that the, the staff that I work with right now, I've got a bunch of incredibly talented folks. And if anyone calls for any specific style, if they want something specific, there's somewhere that they can be directed to on my staff. So that's that's a, a broad base of talent there. You know, mm-hmm. we have this consistent message and we have this consistent this consistent viewpoint as a team, but then we also have our individual skills and talents that we can bring to this session. Uh, and still know that the quality is there and that, that nobody's going rogue or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because um, I want, you know, I want, I want the community to know that if they come to spa massage, they're going to get a great massage. It doesn't matter who you get. They're going to get a great massage. And I tell my, my therapist to say that, you know, when, you know, how can I help you today? Well, I've got, you know, this, this and that. But other than that, I just want to relax. So that's code for, oh, you want a great massage. I've got that. We can do that today for you. So when we were talking before, you know, one of the points you had brought up was be proud of who you are as a spa therapist. What, what do you want to say on that? Why, why do you think somebody wouldn't be proud to be a spa therapist? I think just what you've mentioned is that we, we get a bad rap because that's all we do is relaxation massage or we're not as well trained or we're not as well educated. And so I want for folks that work in a spa or want to work in a spa to own their education and to own their value, um, first of all, and honor that by saying that just because, you know, I, I have a, a beautiful waiting room and a nice locker room <laughs> doesn't mean that my services are less than, you know, and, and that they they have the opportunity and I should say also the responsibility, not just the opportunity, but the responsibility to truly explore the, the science as well as the art of massage. We, we get called on a lot in the spa to provide artful treatment. Right. Um, and it's our responsibility to truly engage in the science of it as well. And that's, that's on the, the responsibility of the therapist. So if you want to be proud, absolutely be proud. But also be responsible for your own education and don't be lazy. I, lazy therapists really bother me. They really do. And do I, mean, have, I mean, cognitively or intellectually lazy. Do you feel that um, a lot of people who go towards the spas are the, quote, lazy therapists? Or do you feel that a lot of them are just getting that reputation and they're, you know, they're doing just the same things as the clinical therapists are doing? I think if you're in a spa and you're not being stimulated by your leadership, that's the problem. I really do think it's leadership when it comes to uh, a team. And that onus falls on the spa owners to make sure that they have a a leadership team in place that that is inspiring to the therapist and to the team. And and that can encourage education. You know, I I mean I have I have my team, I I send them stuff all the time. You know, I I make them join Facebook groups. I (laughs) 
you know, I, we have conversations about challenging subjects and I, I encourage them to come with, come to me with, you know, questions about uh, assessment and, and treatment, uh, planning and session planning and and how, how is is it best for this client to pre-book with me um does she need to pre-book with me more than three months out you know i mean what, what are those conversations that leadership is having with your with your massage therapist mentorship and leadership that's that's important for um you know to help spa therapists be be responsible um and you know you have to you have to really encourage people to learn when they don't have the energy to even, you know, make a sandwich. So, and that's tough, but I, I think we do it successfully where we are. So, so you guys um, really put, you guys really put an emphasis on then being a therapist. Yes, like, yeah, because as I said, that was, that's sort of the bad reputation that spa therapists get is that, you know, they're not therapists, but at your spa, that's absolutely not the case, right? It, it, that's, that's true. And I think the, the language that we use is partnership. We want to partner with our clients um, to be a part of their healthcare. I don't want to supplant any doctor or physical therapist or chiropractor. That's, you know, that's a hubris that we don't have to have anything to do with as massage therapists. We fit right in very easily and very neatly into someone's healthcare plan, just as we are. We don't have to be anything that we're not. We don't have to say that we're anything that we're not. We don't have to come up with some dumb pathology to, you know, to, to get them to come back in a month. Um, if they're, if they're not in need for it, we are partners in their healthcare and that, that protects the client's time and their money. And I think that's important as well. And that's another thing that I think is important for spa owners to hear is that as therapists, we are responsible for the health and well-being of our clients. That's within our licensure. You know, that's part of our education. And, and to respect that is, is paramount to, to be able to look at a therapist and say, well, I understand why you didn't say that massage is necessary every week, <laughs> you know, because for some people it's not. Is it great? Yeah, it's fantastic. But if I put pressure on a client to spend more than they can afford or if they, they you know, sacrifice time with their family because I'm going to shame them for not coming get a massage, that's not me doing what's best for the client. No, so absolutely. That's, that's a good relationship. Yeah. And I like what you said too about not needing um, to be anything more than you are. Um, it seems mm -hmm. to be somewhat of a growing trend that I guess because massage therapists have to feel the need to prove themselves to the rest of the healthcare community that we do fit in. I think there's a lot of right. therapists who are trying so hard to show that, you know, I can do this just like a physio or a kinesiologist or I can, but we fit no matter what. And people we who, do. people who understand the value that a therapist provides them, they don't need any of the other things other than what we do, which is massage therapy. Exactly. exactly. So I, I do I, really you know, like I love, that. I love knowing what flexion is and I love knowing that you know, if, if someone has a, a tight something that I can push on it and maybe it won't be as tight, I really like knowing that. Um, and I like knowing how to facilitate that feeling, whether it's placebo or not, who cares, who knows, you know, it's, it's what I do and it's valuable and that's enough for me and it's enough for my team, hopefully. Awesome. I have been dying to talk to you about <laughs> this other idea that you sent me because I actually <laughs> laughed out loud when I was reading it, um, which, you know what, it's because I live in a huge metropolitan city, right? I'm in Toronto and there are very like hoity-toity high-end spas here that 
I can't even afford to go get a treatment from. And <laughs> right. so when your one of your ideas was don't be a dick when you work in a spa. I don't even know what that means, but I couldn't <laughs> wait for you to tell me what you mean by that. Uh, well, it it comes from um wanting us all to just get along, to be honest. That's that's where that comes from. And it has less to do with how we feel as therapists towards our clientele, but how we feel as therapists towards each other. I, I really believe that gossip is the killer. It's killer. <laughs> and in a service industry, especially in a spa, you have got 30 people in, in one on one staff and there's drama somewhere. And hushed conversations are the worst possible thing to walk in on. You know, I, I worked in the treatment field for a while and um, at a women's conference in Asheville, North Carolina, one of the presenters said something that has stuck with me since then and, and to now, and I think it, it is, uh, is important across the board when, when you work in healthcare especially, is that um, when we were talking about women's issues, which was really popular early on in the 2000s in the treatment industry, working with you know uh, women in recovery and things like that, um, it's only as safe for a woman to recover in a space as it is for a woman to work there. And that, that was an important point to me. And I really believe that I can translate that into the spa environment. It's only as safe or as comfortable for a client to have a positive experience as it is for someone to work there. I don't think the environment can be toxic and healthy at the same time. So I think being able to monitor your behavior when you work in a team, taking a personal inventory constantly, am, am I, you know, that, that old saying, is it kind, is it necessary, is it nice, or, you know, whatever, am I saying things that are for the greater good of this person and for myself? Right. I think those, those are qualities that really need to be practiced when you're in close healing quarters, because if they're not, it gets tense, and it gets toxic, and it gets, it's extremely unhappy. Yeah. And what a uh, contradiction that, that to, time. to a spa. It like is. you said, it's a place to promote healing and it's toxic. And it's, it's, I didn't know what you meant by that point, but we mm -hmm. had another therapist on one of our unprofessional hours who uh, brought up that point. She had worked in a spa and had to leave because it was mainly females. I guess, I mean, massage yeah. in general is very much a female dominated industry and right. She was working with all of these women in the spa and she had to leave not because of the actual spa, but because she couldn't handle all of the gossip and the politics and, and the drama. It's, it's ridiculous. It yeah. is pretty ridiculous that exists in a place that is supposed to be helping people. And I know that in places like that, um, jealousy exists between therapists mm -hmm. because again as you said mm -hmm. you're all following the same menu of services there's not a lot of variety so it's not like when i was working in my clinic with six other therapists i you know i wouldn't really take it personally if a client preferred another therapist because we all had such varying styles but when you're right. working in a spa and following the same menu i can see how you know jealousy might become a factor if you know this particular client decided to book with this therapist versus that therapist and right. people can get pretty catty uh, they can <laughs> I, I i have always believed in the fact that you know a rising tide raises all boats and if they come to me uh, and i give them quality service and that is more of an opportunity for you to, to make money and, and, and be successful. And I have no problem referring, you know, to my, to my therapist at all. I want them to experience uh, abundance and bounty. And, and I think that's really what you have to have to have a healthy team is that everyone's on that page, that same page. 
It seems to be something that not a lot of people under, I shouldn't say not a lot of people, sorry. It seems to be something that many people don't understand is that generally the rule is if one person's or if everybody's doing well, like the whole company does well. So it's, it's a positive thing if you're, if the other therapists around you are successful, because that's just going to drive more success for you um, versus exactly. this mentality of competition. Right. It doesn't work. Yeah. Being there should be no competition in this no. well. None. Well, in almost any work environment, there shouldn't be, you know, if everybody is on board with a company culture, then a Mm -hmm. real strong company culture and company values will have the whole team working cohesively. There won't be any competition. There won't be the drama. Um, Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be the case a lot of the time. (laughs) Well, I think those are conscious decisions that people make, you know, there, that there's a, a, I don't know much about Buddhism, but I do know the word Shenpa and it's that hook, you know, that internal hook that triggers something inside you that makes you want to just, you know, focus on the negative and stay mad and and be angry. You know, it's that brain chemistry that happens that, that when we're, you know, when we're in need of some sort of comfort or something like that, um, that's a very attractive, addictive feeling. And there's a lot of power in self-pity and honestly... If you're not making money, it's easy to feel sorry for yourself. So I actually just not going to attract the business that you need. No, I, definitely not. Again, that's you know not to continue to plug my own courses, but that is a part of the <laughs> a part do. of the course as well that we we focus on before even going into making a business plan. We focus on um, self awareness and learning how to change your mindset to yeah. you know focus on more of the positive things and your goals and visualizing yourself getting there. Otherwise, you're going to continue to focus on the failures and you're only attracting more of that. And I actually just read something today. Um, not that I didn't know this, but it was a nice little reminder that um, people can become actually addicted to cortisol and adrenaline yeah. and, you know, that, yes. you know, living at that super high stress point and uh, when that goes away their body can actually crave it and they they have a need for stress so right you know it is definitely I, I wouldn't even call it then at that point a conscious decision but you have to recognize mm-hmm. that if you're one of those people that is seeking out conflict and drama because yeah. you're actually yeah. addicted to it yes I agree. So why don't you tell me that or tell everybody listening because everybody is listening. Uh, why don't all you, the people are listening. Yeah, all the people. <laughs> why don't you tell all the people um, about what it as is actually like working in a spa and what you did to take this spa in Tennessee and sort of give it a facelift and turn it into this successful machine that you have operating now? I, I love all of those words and I hope they apply. <laughs> what I've done in Knoxville, Tennessee. (laughs) Um, What it's like working in a spa. It's fast paced. You know, it's, it's a constant challenge to uh, stay on time for me um, because I do, you know, I've been doing this so long. I I have relationships with the clientele that I see and, you know, we talk about their families and, you know, before and after sessions. And so it's a challenge, but it's, it's amazing. I love the fact that I get to put my hands still after almost 20 years, I still get to put my hands on so many different types of people with so many different types of issues. Um, I still get challenged every day as to my skill level. Uh, you know, if I, if I don't do 
if I don't feel like I've given the a hundred percent and the client raves about me, it's just as confusing as it is when I do feel like I give a hundred percent and they hate me. So, you know, it's, it's that it's a constant challenge to um, continually to say, I'm okay. Everything's all right. So it, it is, it is tough on your ego when you work in a spa because, you know, you can't be all things to all clients all the time. I love the team of therapists that I work with. They are just a phenomenal group of people. And I've got a few folks that are going to be coming on board soon. And I'm, I'm really happy uh, about those folks being a part of the team. And, um, you know, I want to continue to attract real uh, de- devoted, educated talent to, to the teams that I work with, uh, people that are as motivated as I am, whether, whether or not it's about massage, that I want them to be motivated people in general, you know, positive with their families, positive with their, uh, you know, um, making positive changes or, or decisions about their health and their finances. And, you know, let's just get better as a community. I think that's, that's really one of the greatest aspects of, of where I am and what I do is because I, I'm with these people that I just love very much. And they tolerate me. They tolerate me beyond belief because I come in at the earliest time sometimes or the latest time, you know, I skate in five minutes before shift. They tolerate me. Um, and, and they perform at their best, uh, even when I can't perform at my best. Um, and that's, that's what, you know, that, that's what really makes us a team. Um, like I mentioned before, recruiting, I think if you're in, in the, the lead of a department and you're struggling with a staff that, that isn't happy, I think, um, you know, staffing changes are fine. You know, um, you don't have to worry about, um, helping someone to move on to their next assignment. Um, and you don't have to be afraid because the business will come once you have a happy environment, a thriving environment. Um, for spa owners, you know, recruit, tell your leaders to meet therapists where they are, go to the CE classes, host CE classes, host recruiting events, bring people in, have your department talk to them about what it's like to be there, make your department open and accessible to the community at large. Um, No poverty thinking, all abundance. You know, there is plenty of business for everybody. We have Mm -hmm. plenty out there for all of us. So um, just be open to your massage community. Um, That's, that's how, that's how I brought people to me is that I, I decided that we needed to have relationships with the people that were in our community and across the state of Tennessee, you know, relationships with the AMTA and, and local schools and being able to um, call on people that I trust in the industry and say, Hey, we're looking for this kind of candidate. Who do you know? Can you help? Um, People love to help people. So um, I think asking for help and then being there when people need help um, with whatever project or fundraiser or, you know, a sports event that they need help with, having your team accessible to them um, creates this bridge in this community that, that is really important. So um, that's how we've done it, I think, in Knoxville. And I'm really proud of them. Really, really proud of you guys. Is that what you were doing today? I know you told me you were doing a talk at a school. Was this recruiting mm-hmm. or, or do you also, are, do you still have your hand in education? I, I have my pinky toe in education. <laughs> I want to be in education so badly. <laughs> I really do. Um, I I love teaching. I love getting up in front of people and talking. Um, so I I went this morning as kind of a dual recruiting slash 
practice slash <laughs> get back in front of a classroom kind of um, occasion. And, uh, you know, I wanted to start sharing some of these ideas about what it's like to work in a spa and, and um, you know, maybe have a succession plan in place long before we lose our next therapist, you know, have three or four that we have relationship with that are just graduating that can come on board that are like-minded or they want to become like-minded. You know, having that, having that plan in place, I think is important. I feel like that is such an important point is, um, you know, constant planning when you're, whether you're a business owner or, or not, I mean, just for life there, you don't, I, I don't want it to sound like I'm saying, you know, prepare for the worst, but always having some sort mm-hmm. of plan in place because the worst thing to do is to have to be reactive when something explodes, Yes, you know, so having, yes, exactly. just having plans for any possible scenario so you know where you're going and there's never that need to be scrambling around because that's when things don't go your way. That's when you know you bring on any therapist looking for a job and they maybe don't fit your company and your company values. And so I I like that. And I like um, some of the points you made about um, being in the community. I love everything that I'm hearing from you. And it was really great to have somebody on who works in the spa environment. As I said, we've had a couple of people, but I think that more often than not, it might sound like we're sort of shitting on that industry, which in no way is my intent ever, because I think there is room in this industry for everyone. And as you said, there's there's clients for everybody, right? We don't ever have to be in competition with each other. And uh, exactly. Yeah. So if there's anybody listening who wants to pick your brain or maybe apply for a job at Spa Visage in Knoxville, Tennessee, how can people get in touch yes. with you? Yes. You're going to contact me on my Facebook page, Vicki S. Winston, LMT. Um, I'm awesome. also on a LinkedIn, Vicki S. Winston, LMT. All right. Well, ways. thank you so much for uh, joining us today, Vicki. And anybody who, any therapists who are thinking about um, getting into the spa environment, what would be the one piece of advice you have? for them, Vicki? Ah, uh, one piece. Hmm. Oh, you know, not to put you on the spot or anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think uh, of, of all the points, I think commit yourself, commit to the spa, you know, commit to the company that you're going to be working for and, and go all in. That's, that's what I would say. Go all awesome. in. I love it. Well, thank you so much. And for everybody else listening, you have been listening to two massage therapists and a microphone and we will be back soon.